the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, my go-to shop for anything and everything Breckenridge Brewery. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Haefeli, and we have a special guest on the show today as well, not only rinkside reporter for both the Avalanche as well as a producer there, I believe, and Altitude TV as well, Rachel Richlinski. I probably butchered your name because I'm terrible at names, but thank you for coming on the show first of all and how are you doing i'm doing great thanks for having me and uh you know as aj mentioned i'm sure it's nice to have another southerner to talk hockey with so happy to be here happy to do that with you guys yeah it's not not a sport known for a lot of southern people in (laughs) in the media i suppose huh yeah, not quite. I actually did an interview with an old friend yesterday, who's a, a local sports anchor in Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, which is actually where all of my family is originally from. It's the the South, very, very South, very Cajun, the best food in the world. Uh, but he had me on yesterday just to talk NHL because there's nobody else in Louisiana that could really talk about it. So it's kind of cool, actually, local girl given insight on what's going down in the league. But Got the market cornered down there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> awesome. Well, I guess we'll get into how you joined the abs and, and all of that in a little bit. But I guess I wanted to start with uh, how did you get into sports media in the first place? How did you end up in this business? Yeah, so uh, I, I'm from Louisiana, born and raised in South Louisiana. I went to LSU. At the time, I had no idea what I wanted to go to school for or what my major was going to be. I'm the first in my family to go to college, finish college and all of that. So it was really a new experience for my whole family. Um, I grew up playing sports. I played softball and volleyball competitively my my whole life. And it kind of came down to, do I want to continue this in college, go to a smaller school, or maybe hang all that up? stop my sports career and pursue a degree at LSU. And all I wanted to do was just be a tiger and go to LSU and experience those awesome football games. And little did I know that they had a great journalism program there. So again, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I actually declared kinesiology at orientation because that's what a lot of my friends were doing. I thought maybe I could do sports medicine. I knew I wanted to do something in sports. Um, And then I quickly realized I'm not great at math or science and I hate blood and bones and all of that. So quickly changed my mind on that. I literally had a moment where I walked by the journalism building. I've always loved writing and so put two and two together. It just kind of made sense. And LSU has a Tiger TV, um, which is a student run news station. So they give you that opportunity in your early years to really experience everything about sports media and see if you even like it, you know, get your feet wet. Cause this is, you're going to dedicate your whole life to it in the long run. So let's see if you even like it first. And um, so yeah, did tiger TV for two years, anchored some shows with them. They taught me how to shoot, how to edit, how to write. Um, I graduated from LSU in 2016. Before all of that, I did a lot of internships. I interned at a local news station in Baton Rouge. I'm still pretty close with Uh, my mentor there. We just talked on the phone the other day. Um, So I interned there. I interned at a station in New Orleans and my internships were really hands-on and they gave me a lot of experience. It wasn't just go grab a coffee for someone and and watch. It was, hey, we're going to drop you off at this high school. You need to shoot this football game and then come back and edit the highlights and write a shot sheet and then hand it to the talent. And that's what I did for a long time. And so my internship really set me up for success in that way. And I was hired for my first job a couple weeks before graduating from LSU. And that was in Jackson, Mississippi. 
So I was the, I started as the weekend sports anchor at the NBC and Fox and kind of worked my way up. They kind of got rid of some sports people. They, they basically trimmed down the sports department. So by my last year there, which was my third year, I was doing everything by myself. <laughs> so I'm covering Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, couple SWAC schools, high school sports, and the like. Pretty much anything that happened in the community, I was there at with a camera. I shot. You know, I would edit the stuff, and I would produce, and I would host, anchor, if you will. So that was all the the local sports fun that I got to do, and there were some great experiences in that. I mean, I followed Mississippi State women's basketball during a great historical time you know they made it to back-to-back national championship games mississippi state baseball had this like magical run to omaha after their coach gets fired it was the whole thing so i definitely got to check that off my bucket list going to omaha for a college world series and um yeah i kind of outgrew my time there and took some part-time work last summer when my contract ended in mississippi didn't really know what the heck i was doing it was a little scary. And I worked with Wilson Baseball for a couple of months. And then I did freelance work with um, CST, which is out of New Orleans. It's a small regional sports network and just waited for what was next. And I didn't realize that what would be next would be moving to a dream city like Denver and getting my feet wet in hockey. <laughs> was was hockey on your radar even a little bit before uh, the abs job? So as just a sports fan in general, and if you see my arm moving, I'm petting my dog. He's down here. I don't want anybody to think I'm a weirdo. <laughs> um, so as a traditional sports fan, I would watch when the Stanley Cup playoffs were on and all of that. But I'd be lying if I'd say that I grew up watching hockey or anything like that. I mean, let's be serious. I'm from South Louisiana. <laughs> I worked in Mississippi for three years. So no, uh, it, it was kind of on my radar. In my mind, I wanted my next move to be Um, covering professional sports. So I was going from high school, college athletics. I really wanted to mix in some type of professional sport, NFL, NBA, could be NHL, whatever it was. Um, I didn't expect it to be all NHL. I kind of thought I'd get to a city like a, um, like a Tampa, you know, that kind of had everything and they have hockey. And that's how I could get my feet wet and learn a little bit more about it. And this opportunity kind of knocked and I couldn't say no. And I'm the type of person that's like challenge accepted. <laughs> and that's just kind of what happened. And I studied as much as I could and moved here almost immediately. And I started the job a week before the first preseason game. So it all happened very, very fast. But, uh, and it was something new, something different I'd never done because I'm the in arena reporter and producer. So it's that live factor and getting the fans engaged stuff that I hadn't really done before. I've always just kind of talked into a prompter and had the words in front of me that I wrote. And this was like, okay, no scripts, no anything. You just got to wing it. And so it was challenging, but fun at the same time. I think that's a time in my life I'll never forget is that transition. When you say that you were doing homework, to try and figure it all out. How did you How did you go about introducing yourself to a world that you just weren't familiar with? Um, I was very honest with my, my bosses and they knew what they were getting with me. I wasn't totally ignorant about the whole thing. Like I knew <laughs> basics, right? But it was just something sure. I haven't been focused on. I really felt like I built up my reputation in other sports. I was an AP top 25 voter for college football and I had a Heisman vote. And I've played softball, so baseball's, you know, 
very second nature to me. And I spent so much time covering basketball and it, it took a while for me to build up that reputation. And I was excited to build up an, a new reputation here with, within the NHL and the abs and everything else. And my boss knew that. And I think he knew that I just had it in me to be able to do that within time. And so he sent me some book recommendations. And my favorite one was um, keep your eye on the puck, which is funny. Cause I, I started reading it I was almost done and then got crazy busy in the season. And I started rereading it actually during quarantine because I'm like, oh, I have this whole new lens now to read it through. And it's been really interesting. That's a great book. I think it would reach anyone, whether you're first starting out and learning hockey, watching hockey, or you're a pro. It's kind of a for everyone book, which is really nice. And aside from that, you just top on NHL.com and get to reading and get really involved and stay up to date on the latest. And uh, of course the names can be challenging. So I know one of the first things I did was I asked Connor McGahee once I was introduced to him to send me a voice recording of all the players' names uh, because I wanted the first time I heard their names to be the right, correct pronunciation. And I didn't want to make it up in my head or, or learn the wrong way. Um, so yeah, I did that and met all the guys at media day, which was a nice, easy way to introduce myself and kind of, you know, build that respect and that, communication with them. And um, yeah, that's kind of how it all went down. And the only way to learn something really is to just be thrown into it. That is, that holds true in this situation. And my bosses were great in the sense of they threw me into the fire, but they weren't going to just let me burn whatever it took to make me feel comfortable um, and to make sure that I was set up for success, they do, you know, baby steps. Like the first couple of games, I didn't call highlights during an intermission. And then mm-hmm. I think it was maybe the third game. Hey, Rachel, it's time for you to call highlights. Like, we believe in you. You can do this. And then I did it. And it was okay. I remember being so scared to do that. And and my boss telling me, it's just like football highlights. Like, we saw your reel. You can do football highlights. It's the same type of thing. Like, same energy. You know what you're doing. You can do it. So I, it's been easy because the people I work with make it so easy. Might um, seem like an off-topic question really quick, but can you spell the word go for me? <laughs> G-E-A-U-X. All right. I thought maybe the, the LSU would have prepared you for some of those weird names in hockey. With Right. Well, I remember telling telling them on the interview, you know, they asked about pronunciation. I was like, well, I'm my last name is Polish. It's Rich Linsky because my dad is from Chicago, but my entire family's from South Louisiana. My mom's an Angel. My stepdad's a Colette. Our dogs are literally named Boudreaux and Thibodeau. So <laughs> everything about me is pretty Cajun French. And, um, you know, we don't pronounce Hebert. It's, it's a bear um, and, and things like that. Right. That those are names that I've just grown up with. Um, you know, Jean as a first name. That's I know it's not Jean. I like I've had friends named Jean or Jacques, things like that. So that yeah, that's not totally foreign. <laughs> Maybe not quite the right crowd for hockey, I guess. You get more nor- northern European there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. AJ, go ahead. Yeah, the uh, uh I am curious though, what uh what what was what was your first media day like? Um because I know my first media day was terrifying, and I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, my path, obviously, to this was very different. You had at least worked in sports before. I kind of mm-hmm. just got dropped into it and was like, hey, good luck, go. And so my first media day was just a holy terror of, of nerves and uncertainty. 
what was it what was it like for you especially now knowing that like the abs media environment is pretty soft yeah um very different right i mean comparing it to prior prior to my time at an nhl media day the only other professional sports setting you know not college that i had been in was the nfc championship in New Orleans at the oh, Superdome, wow. the Saints and the Rams and that infamous NOLA no call. And I remember being in the locker room after that game and the amount of media that, you know, was swarmed at each stall at each locker was just insane. Um, Jane Slater for NF NFL Network, who I adore. I think she's fantastic. I just remember her standing in front of me and I'm at this time, an MMJ, multimedia journalist. I'm shooting my own stuff and everything. So I have a camera on this shoulder. I have my microphone like this. I'm standing on top of a box that's on top of a stool and I'm like reaching over this group. And I just remember Jane at one point just grabbing my microphone to help me because that's just how impossible it was to reach. It, it wasn't even like Drew Brees, right? Like put, they put Drew and Sean Payton, so the quarterback and the head coach at the podium. Uh, so these are, you know, other players of interest and it was really difficult to get to them. So it's kind of interesting <laughs> seeing how different it is here. Um, it It's nice, though, because it's not as much of a madhouse every single day. Uh, and then you kind of notice on bigger games, there's more media. And of course, I'm there for every game so I can see the trend. But as far as my first media day, I stayed in one room and I it was a good way to introduce me to everyone the way my boss has set it up. I did the Ask the Avs segment. So if you're ever at Pepsi Center and it's the, or yeah, it's the funny things that are like played at random times. I think it's sponsored yeah. by Pepsi. Don't quote me on that. Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember like one of the questions. Who on the team is most likely to drink White Claw? You know, stuff like that. And then the guys just answer. So they were very easy, fun questions. You got the guys laughing and everything. So that was very easy for me to like introduce myself to them and everything. So that was nice. And um, as far as like the guys, they were real easy going. Everyone was so nice to me. Um, specifically, I remember my, my first actual interview I did, it must've been for a preseason game, maybe the first preseason game I did coffee talk, which is a sponsored segment I do. And I did it with Gabe. Um, and I remember being <laughs> very nervous because it was my first time actually like, talking hockey with a hockey player and I was really scared <laughs> I was just so nervous I didn't want to say anything stupid or mess up or have him judge me and I just wanted to make a good impression and he you know we did the interview everything went fine and I remember like just going getting out of his way like oh thanks for your time I know you're busy and he was like hey you just moved here how do you like it it's like oh thanks I, I really like it this is awesome and he's like well you're from the south right like there's there's not hockey down there. And I was like, yeah, I know, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm working really hard. I, I hope you guys can be patient with me, but you know, I'm working hard, happy to be here whatever. And he's like, well, look, if you ever have any questions or need help, let me know. And I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. It really relaxed me. And, you know, I've never gotten to tell him that, but at some point next season, when we can talk to players again, I'm going to tell him that because it really did set the stage to make me feel more comfortable around them. And not that I had to tiptoe or, um, be scared of <laughs> be scared of them by any means. So that was kind of my first experience. I think it's it's interesting because everybody who covers the abs long enough will have a Gabe story like that. Mm -hmm. Where like my first year covering the team, um, 
they hadn't built, you know, where the players park at Pepsi Center now. Mm-hmm. It's like that secluded lot that didn't that didn't exist a few years ago. Okay. Uh, they parked where the media parked, just right out in that same exact lot. Oh wow! And so uh, there was a big snowstorm one night, and I was and I was uh, leaving uh, for the for the evening, and Gabe is out there just scraping his car, uh, mm-hmm. just scraping snow off of his car, and he like stops he stops me and like we chatted for a few minutes and like everybody, it's just one of those things. Like that's, it's just who he is. And when people ask me like, Oh, what's, you know, should somebody else be captain of the team? How do you like, what's, what's Landy like as, as like a captain. And it's, it's funny. Cause it's, everybody has a Gabe story. Yeah. Everybody. I think, I think that like answers that question, right? It's not that I don't think he's better than anyone else. It's just, right. I can't imagine anyone else representing the team as well as he does. So I'm around a big part of my job is the community relations side. And so a lot of times I'm, I'm at these hospital visits with them and they all get emotional. Right. But Gabe like really takes it to another level. You know, he's just like when the people at the hospital are like, Hey, it's time to go time to wrap up. And he's just like, can I stay? Can I, can I go back and see that person? Or can I have five more minutes with this person? Like he really does go that extra mile. And I think that just speaks to how great of a person he is. So if anyone's actually wondering if he's as good as he seems like he is. (laughs) It's, it's crazy. Um, This last season I had, uh, uh, so I have, I only have one kidney Um, because I had, uh, I, you know, I had kidney cancer when I was in my twenties. And so they took the bad one out. I only have one left. And uh, if, if something goes wrong with it, like I'm in, like I'm in deep trouble. Right. Boy. And I was having, I was having some issues this past, I think November I was having, there were, I was having some complications with it. And I remember um, we got done with a scrum after practice one day and uh, Gabe was asking me, he was like, he was like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, man, I just, I have a lot on my mind. And he was like, well, what's up? And I'm like, dude, you don't like, you, you know, like you've got the jets tomorrow or whatever it was, yeah. like, you know, you, you've got plenty on your plate and, and he was, you know, he, he won't, he wanted to listen. Mm-hmm. And when I was telling him, he was like, oh, well, what do they do to fix it? You know? And he was just, he just kept asking follow-up questions and like inquiring about things. And it was just, he's just that guy. Like he's, yeah. he's just the dude that you you want as a fan i've always told people this is the guy you want wearing your team's logo for sure well couldn't agree more my story might not be quite the same but if you want to look more like gabe landeskog manscaped might be the product for you that's your segue yep where is he going with this No, we can, we're, we're committed now. There's no going back. The Lawnmower wow. 3.0 trimmer can take care of all of the hair all over your body. You can even make yourself look like a manly half-Greek god like Gabe Landeskog. Also use all of their other amazing take-care-of-your-body products, whether it be breath mints, deodorant, toner, you name it. They have it all for you. It all comes in an amazing little carrying case when you order their Perfect Package 3.0 as well. So be sure to head on over to manscaped.com and use code DNVR20 to get 20% off and free shipping for whatever you purchase. 
We also, of course, have Breckenridge Brewery, our official beer here at DNVR, whether it be the Avalanche Amber, the Mile High City, the Mango Mosaic, or any other. You can get them at your local Davidson's or liquor store, or of course, down at the farmhouse in Littleton, straight from the Breckenridge Brewery source. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo, AJ, and Rachel joining us today. So you've been with the Avs now for right about a year, obviously a little bit weird with the scheduling as, as things are happening now, but I, I am curious, what are some of your favorite moments so far? Well, you know, I think I'm going to be celebrating my year anniversary in quarantine, <laughs> which really stinks. I don't know the exact day, but it was uh, second week of September, give or take. Um, so that kind of stinks that it almost feels like half of my time here has been spent locked away. Um, favorite experiences thus far. The game against Nashville at Pepsi Center, for sure. That was awesome when they scored. What was the final score? Nine. Nine, nine four. Yeah. There we go. So that was awesome. Just the energy and like yeah. being able to go at intermission. I remember at one point my little note card that I I'll like take notes on. I ran out of room and like scratched it. I remember like showing the fans, like I literally ran out of room on this cue card today. <laughs> That's how many goals they just scored. Um, so that one was just really fun. Uh, the abs charity brunch was another just like favorite experience of mine. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but it's a really cool event that the whole organization puts on to, you know, help these families who really need it and give these kids a time away from all the, hardship that they have to face on a day-to-day -day basis. So seeing the players interact with these kids for that brunch is a really, really cool thing. Um, that's definitely another experience, a top experience. Another one would be, I would say Monday, my first day back at Pepsi Center in four months, because it really made me realize how much I love my job. And I, I love working for the Avs and I love being in that building. And I did not realize you know, how much I was going to miss it until it was taken away from me for four months. Right. Um, this wasn't just like some free paid vacation. It was really hard to be away for that long. And the uncertainty was really scary. So being back home was being, being back home, being back in the arena felt like I was back home, which was a really cool feeling. And I don't think I'm going to forget that day. So that was a, a fun experience for sure. And then anytime I get to throw on skates, at Pepsi Center, you know, if they ever have like um, one of the events they did that comes to mind is the blind hockey. So that's an awesome event by itself. And then I get to throw on skates and skate around and interview people. That's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. Monday was really nice. Just being back <laughs> and like, seeing everybody in them. It's funny because like these are like not really like coworkers, but just like people that you see every day that, you know, your colleagues. Right. And then it's always it's always like like when you have the summer off and you come back, you see all the media again, and it's sort of like, oh, these are like, I, it's like work friends, you know, yeah. like oh, it's all these friendly faces, all these people, you know, that you have these different relationships with, and then you can't talk to them, any of them, you can't see any of them because you guys are all separated, and you can't yeah, do it's, you gotta get it in right? quick. Still kind of separated, but. I see some of you guys standing in line waiting to go through security, even if we're like six feet apart. Yeah. <laughs> Waving from across the Pepsi Center. Right. Yeah. But I mean, like, literally, like, yesterday, Ryan was like yelling at you. 
Yeah. Because we were separated by sections. So Ryan Clark was trying to talk to you and it was like yelling over top of people. And yeah. Yeah. He's like, who are you? Are you that girl that's on that screen? (laughs) I was like, what? Oh, I said, go tigers. (laughs) That's That's right. (laughs) Always on brand with the tigers. Oh yeah. Always. I'm so obnoxious with that. That, you know, people have asked what the biggest culture shock for me has been moving here. Um, I've, Obviously, the weather, like there's no snow in the south. <laughs> yeah. It snow once in Jackson, in Mississippi, when I lived there, I will say. But it snowed once in one three time. years. No. Yeah. So, um, got that experience. So, obviously, the weather was very different for me, which, you know, the day to day of like having to scrape the ice off your car to what the heck do I wear when it's cold and snowy outside? I didn't even know what snow boots were until I moved here and now I have three pairs. You know, I remember my first couple of days like in cold weather, I probably looked like an idiot because I don't even know how to dress. I have like six sweaters on, a jacket on top. I'm like walking into the building with um, <laughs> with a blanket over myself. <laughs> like these like rubber duck boots because I don't know what I'm doing. So yeah, that was definitely a culture shock. And then aside from that, the lack of respect for college football in this area is very depressing, especially when your team is making a national championship run and that's all you want to talk about and no one really seems to care. But, yeah. It, it is so <laughs> different. And, uh, like, you know, growing up in Texas, like high school football, huge there, right? Like, and then you come here and it's just like, yeah, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I, um, school care. Yeah. So my... I just recently signed up for YouTube TV through my parents, like login because I'm a real adult. And since it's, since they're still in Louisiana, the local stations are still local Louisiana stations. They're not the Denver ones. So anyway, I got to watch some like local Louisiana news the other night. And my friend was just like, wow, they led with high school football in their sports segment. That's, is it a slow sports day? Like, no, that's just, it's a big deal at home. It's yeah. a big deal in the South. Like the most, the project I poured my heart into the most at my job in Mississippi was our high school football show. Like that's what people cared about, especially for local sports, right? You can get your other stuff elsewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a big deal. And people don't understand that. <laughs> All high school sports here. Are, oh, it's Regis and Valor again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, high school. I worked that game with altitude. I worked some game at Valor. It might have been Regis at Valor. Probably was. I don't remember. I don't remember who the opponent was, but it was at Valor. It's college, high school, and college sports in Colorado are just just not bad. It's and it's funny because like I know people who care a ton about Mm -hmm. them, and I just want to like give them a hug and be like, Mm -hmm. "I'm I'm sorry, you're by yourself on this." Like it's just it's just different culture wise, it, it and like it doesn't help that the buffs have been terrible for. I'm sure that years. has something to do with it. Yeah, but even even then, it's like even if the buffs were consistently like an eight or nine win team, where they occasionally, you know, win ten or eleven and make get frisky and make a run. Like I I don't. It just would not be the same. It did the energy in the in this town is just different. You know, when when the Broncos are obviously Broncos doing town, anything, right? Yeah. Like when the Broncos do anything, it's huge news. They're 
they, they they've been god awful for the last couple of years, and people have never really been interesting for me to take note of too. You know, the Avs are winning, <laughs> right. Broncos are not, and it still felt like the focus in this city was, you know, NFL Broncos. So yeah, you have the Pepsi Center housing two teams that are in the top three of their conference, and you turn on a local radio station, and it's. There's never an off season for talking Broncos, and you're like, "What in the? Can yeah. there be one? Can I? Can I get at least like four or five hours a day of you guys talking about other sports?" And they're like, "Nope. We're gonna Gosh. we're gonna talk about the punter battle today." Well, that's why we're here to bring the abs talk, right? Like, all right, you guys, you guys basically just created us out out of necessity. Thanks. Also created. Not necessarily out of necessity, but certainly helpful during quarantine was WGT Golf. If you couldn't get out, yeah. you could always play your golf digitally. Loved by more than 20 million players around the world, you can join in and play with everyone in the DNVR community by going to dnvrgolf.com to download and searching for DNVR2, our second clubhouse. We've already filled our first one all the way up, but I believe we're, we pushed it over. Not quite 500 members yet, but two's almost full. So get it yeah. on two before we have to make DNVR three. Straight up, um, we have uh, 31 spots left in DNVR two until we have to create DNVR three, and my life becomes. Yeah. You have to start recruiting people other than me to help you make the tournaments. After I'm just yeah. Straight so up. jump on it. You can play a bunch of awesome courses, whether it be Pebble Beach, Beth Page Black, or other true to life ones. You can play. Closest to the hole, stroke play, match play, you name it. You can challenge anyone to any type of golf you want to play. Again, dnvrgolf.com to download. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Rudo, AJ, and Rachel today. Rachel, obviously, probably not fully set in knowing what you're going to in your future, but Altitude is is starting to garner a bit of a reputation of creating people that move on to bigger and better things. And the ab system, obviously Lauren Gardner was very successful here and, and moved on to uh, MLB programming and other things as well. And then on the nugget side, you have someone like Alexis Perry as well. So I'm curious, what are your plans generally in sports media or otherwise? Uh, you know, it's so hard to give answers when people, it's a common question, right? Because I do still feel like I just got here uh, and I'm just so happy in the role that I have. So looking ahead is it just feels a little premature now. But of course, I have my dreams and my aspirations. And um, right now I am employed. Obviously, we're, we're all under the same branch, Cronky Sports, right? He owns the Avs, the Nuggets, Altitude and everything else. And because of that, that's why I'm able to do some sideline games with altitude. I've done like high school football and some DU games for hockey and basketball. And what I would like to do is honestly sideline at some point in my life because I want to be able to travel more with my job. And right now, traveling is just not in my cards um, for the in arena host. But I like how unique the job that I'm in right now can be. It's a lot more than just reporting. Like the producing side of it has been really fun and being able to be hands-on and the way that the show flows has been really nice um, and giving me a whole new outlook on what game presentation is because that's the department that I am in right now. So for those of people who don't understand that, when you go to an Avs game, 
everything from the, the lights that are displayed to, you know, the images that are shown on the ice for warmups, you know, the music, the videos that are played, those hype up videos, like those are all my coworkers. Those are the people I work with. That's the department I'm in, that entertainment side of the game, um, which it's not that I didn't know that existed. I don't think I had ever thought of it. You know, you just go to a game, you see the stuff happening and you don't think about the work that that goes behind it. I honestly didn't realize that a place like Pepsi Center would have a control room. <clears throat> that, you know, that was mind blowing to me. When I was applying for this job, I, I didn't even know what I was applying for. You know, I was just like, oh, in arena, I don't really know what that means. Um, and once they explained it to me and, and how unique it is, that's what, you know, piqued my interest. And the abs job specifically is very unique because not every team has a role like this. Um, I know like the Carolina hurricanes, I'm friends with their in arena host. Um, so she does something kind of similar, but there are plenty of teams that, that don't have what I, you know, what I'm able to do with the abs. So I like the, how unique it is and the opportunities I'm given um, in the long run. I would, I would like to try sideline reporting and being able to travel with a team. I kind of always thought I'd end up in baseball because I grew up playing softball and it's what I knew the best, but um, I do love football and I, I do miss football at times, but it's been really fun to be a football fan as well. So I, I always tell people I have a lot of dreams. <laughs> I don't know where the world's going to take me. I'm open to a lot. All I know is I love Denver and I, I would love to stay here as long as possible. Um, you know, opportunities maybe way in the future, something like an SEC network, you know, on like ESPN, like, yeah, that would be amazing. But I'm also very content being here and staying here and, Working in hockey, the idea of it is really fun. Mm -hmm. I just never thought that it would become my, you know, my whole life. And it's, I don't know, it's great. There's nothing like it. I love how fast paced it is. I love the access is um, a lot easier. And yeah, I don't know. So even if, if I ended up in hockey as the whatever, that'd be fun too. I have a, I have a lot of dreams. <laughs> I don't know where, where life will take me, but Certainly hockey players make working in hockey uh, a little yeah. easier too, because they're by and large, like it's not, not like every guy is the greatest guy in the world, but by and large um, they're easy to work with. So easy, so easy to work with. And like I mentioned, you know, I hadn't worked in professional sports before, but interviewing a couple saints players here and there. And honestly, by the time you start interviewing people who are in their senior year of college, they start to act like they're professionals, right? So going from interviewing people like that who weren't necessarily bad people, but yeah, they'd shrug their shoulders, roll their eyes for an interview or whatever it was. The sound bites weren't always the best. And, you know, I, I just have not had that experience with the Avs. So they're great. <laughs> All I hear is hockey's the best. Everything else it is, is lame. easy, I, easy game. I, I'm trying to convert every friend I have. I mean, I had one of my best friends from high school and college. She came to a game right before the holidays, maybe around Thanksgiving. And she, you know, she grew up playing every sport, softball, volleyball, basketball. She's a big football fan just because we all are in the South. And after her first hockey game, she looked at me and she was like, this is way better than football. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> My parents came to their first game. Um, it was a Wednesday game, March 4th, I believe. I can't remember who the opponent was. Maybe the Ducks, perhaps? We lost in overtime. Anyway, I checked in on my parents after, maybe it was during the second period, after my second hit. And my mom isn't even a sports fan in general. 
And she's looking at me like, this is insane. She's like, Rach, this is so cool. And there were fights in the game too. Cause I remember her being like, why are you happy if they fight? I'm like, I'm not happy. It's just like part of it. And so I'm trying to explain this to her over the phone and she finally gets the experience. And she's like, this is awesome. She looked around, she's like, no one's on their phone. No one's, no one's distracted. Everyone has their eyes on the ice, on the action, on the game. And it really felt like, I forget what word she used. I think maybe community experience. Like she felt like she was truly watching this game with a big group of people. And yeah. I was like, wow, that is like beautiful. <laughs> and then my dad, who is a sports fan, but has never been a, to a hockey game. Uh, he looks at me and he's just like, I, yeah, this is awesome. I, I got to watch. I got to watch. Don't you have to watch? I have to watch. <laughs> I get it. You like it too. So, um, yeah. <laughs> they, um, I think they helped kind of solidify that people in the South can appreciate the sport if they are given the opportunity. I think most people just don't have that opportunity. You know, I was fortunate enough to where I did go to a couple of Stars games. Um, you know, it's the closest NHL team. I guess, unless you want to go to Nashville. Um, so I saw them in the playoffs last season and a couple other regular season games. And that's when I knew I liked the sport at least. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. So championing, championing hockey in the South. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Friend, I'm just converting them. <laughs> it's a tough sell. Let me tell you, man. <laughs> I, imagine I, so. I, had a, I had a couple of friends who jumped in right away and were like, this is the coolest thing ever. And then yeah. other ones who were just like, uh, but they don't score enough. And I'm like, ah, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you about that. Like that's some games Watch are great. Here's Abs team if you don't think they score enough, and that'll solve that well, problem. That's another thing that like you know my boss will remind me of sometimes. Like you joined a good team, you yeah. got a little yeah. lucky on that. <laughs> Came know? to the Abs at the right time for sure. So, oh. I definitely got here at the right time, so I think it's pretty easy to fall in love with a sport when the team that you're working with is so good. Let me tell you, if you'd been here in 1617, parents would be singing a much different tune if you took them to those games. <laughs> Let me tell you, I was the, I was last man standing that year. Uh, all of the other, all of the other day-to-day -day reporters got other assignments or straight up quit their jobs. Oh boy. It was a mess. So yeah, this year was a great year to join up and be like, ah, let's see how this goes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> AJ, do you have any final questions or are we winding down here? Uh, I think I'm good, man. All right, Rachel, if there's anything you want to shout out or plug or anything like that, go for it. Um, you know what? Yeah. So when games pick back up, um, we are doing a second screen experience with the games. So basically, um, once you have the game up, I don't know who will be broadcasting, whether it's Altitude or I guess NBC, whoever, you have that up on your TV. And if you've been to Avs home games, even if you haven't, but you want that kind of home ice feeling, whatever, since obviously we can't have it during COVID. I don't have a link or anything to share with you right now, but it will be on coloradoavalanche.com. It'll be easy to find once it's up. You'll be able to pull it up on a laptop, on you know, um, a tablet on your phone, and you're going to get this second screen experience. It's not to compete with the broadcast, but to enhance it. So I'll host it and I'll actually do my normal show, Avs Insight. We'll do an eight to 10 minute pregame show and then intermission shows. And then I'll bring in alumni and other guests to kind of give their take on the game so far. So they can't do like play by play, but it'll be more commentary and conversational um, type stuff. So we're going to try to make it feel 
like it's a home game at Pepsi Center, essentially, like bringing in other people. And I don't want to give too much away because I don't know what's exactly set in stone, but it is happening. So be on the lookout for that if you're, you know, an Avs fan wanting to really get all the hockey stuff that you can take in on those first couple of games back because um, myself and my coworkers have worked really hard to make it all happen. And we'd love for you guys to tune in and kind of join the experience with us because we'll be learning <laughs> along the way. And then, yeah, other than that, you know, for every abs fan that um, I've met at Pepsi center that I haven't seen in four months, I miss you guys. I miss talking to you. I miss interacting with you. And uh, hopefully that will happen again soon. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Rachel. You can follow her on Twitter. It's just her name. You can see right down there um, by her as I think same thing on Instagram and everything as well. Yeah, it's Rach Richlinski, but I'm sure if you searched Rachel, I'm the only one that's going to come up. <laughs> there you go. I can't even get her name right, but you can find her on Twitter, Rachel Richlinski. There you uh, go. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying. I'm struggling out here, but we're, we're getting there. Uh, of course, you can always find her once things do open up again for Abs Games at the Pepsi Center on that second screen she was talking about, and I'm sure on Altitude regularly as well. So thank you again for coming on, Rachel. That's going to do it for us today. Before we get out of here, though, I guess our uh, our Strava Craft Coffee performer of the day has to be you, Rachel, for coming on the show and, and telling us about everything. So you can get your Strava Craft Coffee for 20% off when you order online and use code DNVR20. The CBD is non-psychoactive and been known to help many aches and pains, you name it. And, of course, you can always try before you buy in a number of locations in and around Denver before heading to StravaCraftCoffee.com. That's going to do it for reels this time. Thank you everybody for watching and we will be back on with Free Skate Friday tomorrow.